Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Enjoy a tall dude. What is this? What, what are we doing? What in God's name are we doing? What? Our lives. What, what kind of lives are these? We're like children. We're not men. No, we're not. We're not men. It's the nightcap. Are we going to be sitting here when we're 60 like two idiots? We should be having dinner with our sons when we're 60. We're pathetic. You know that? Yeah, like I don't know that I'm pathetic. On WGR Sports Radio 550. So then you asked yourselves, isn't there something more to life? Yes. Yeah, well, let me clue you in on something. There isn't. All right. You ready to talk about the Sabres? Sure, Joe. Brendan does not look excited that I just said that. Real quick. That sentence. Real quick. You can make it go as long as you want. Okay. (laughs) Doesn't have to be quick. Listening (laughs) to the bumper music. This is Franz Ferdinand, right? Yes. And then earlier when I was working across the, down the hallway, bumper music, it was Mr. Brightside by The Killers. It just got me really into the, let's go out to a bar, you know, like, I can't wait to be able to do that. Let's do it. That is high on my list of like things I miss. Like it just hasn't yes. happened. I think I did and the, it. And these are perfect songs because both these songs you will hear five times a night if you go out in Buffalo. Oh yeah. Depends where you go. Some places. Never mind. I don't. <laughs> we don't need to get into this. Never mind. <laughs> Terrible idea. This is. What am I doing? Terrible idea. What was I just about to do in here? Um. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> that is on high on my list of things I miss. For it's like sure. a night out. Yes. We had a thing we things we misdraft. Mm. That was like eight months ago. Actually, it was probably longer than that. My goodness. But I really do. Like, I heard Mr. Brightside earlier, and I was like, oh, my goodness, I just want to be at a bar right now. May 8th. It was almost a year ago that we had a things we misdraft. Still, my number one pick is still uh, on the board there, playing hockey. Hockey, hockey with the boys. Monday Hockey nights for boys. me, just once a week. And, you know, like some people are still doing that. But not everybody can pull that off. Like, it depends what your group of guys is. Like, so, like, you, for instance, my team, like, one guy's got, like, his mom's got a condition that, like, he can't really take the risk. And another guy, like, his wife is pregnant. You know, like, it depends on what group you're in. Like, that group is not going to be playing hockey right. with the current situation of COVID. Um, but some people still are. But I'm not. So that would still be number one on my list of things that I miss. Summer's coming, though. Hopefully it's normal enough. Get some nice parking lot beers after the game. Those are the best beers. Really? Parking lot beers? The, the after 
after hockey parking lot beer. I think that's the, the number the f- one beer. The for first me. beer of the weekend to me is the best beer. Like that's you, a good one. You, is that you Friday just, night? Yes, that's Friday night. You right? just yeah, pack sorry. your your beer fridge. You're all set and ready to go, and then you take the, the that one out and then just crack it. And the sound it makes it's it's like it's like being in a ballpark. You know, it's just the, the sounds. Oh yeah. The first beer I have of the not, weekend. I've not had a ballpark beer, by the way, in my life. That's never. because I've never really been to a, a major league ball, ballpark. Huh. Like, I've been in Rogers Center, but not during a game, so I don't really think that counts. You've never been to Pittsburgh. I've been to Pittsburgh. I have not been to the you know, stadium. Yeah, PNC. Yeah. I've seen it. Looks awesome. It's unbelievable. From the water across the way, you can see all the stadiums. Pittsburgh is beautiful. Aesthetically. Oh. The, the, right. Aesthetically, Pittsburgh is gorgeous, and then it has the perfect backdrop at PNC. It's it's just if the Pirates were any good, I would be down there several times a year. Yeah, let's talk about happier subjects now, like the Buffalo Sabers and Jeff Skinner and Ralph Kruger. You don't seem like you were ready to move on to that. <laughs> it's not. Listen, I said this the other day. Professionally, part of me is glad this happened. It's the most interesting thing to happen to this team all season, but. Every other part of me is still going, what the hell? Like, what is going on? The, the Jim Halpert gif. What is going on? <laughs> like, we can't figure it out. And today, Skinner spoke, Kruger spoke, and I feel like I came away even more confused than before. You were just getting both guys doubling down on what they had previously said. And contradicting each other. And contradicting each other at the same time, exactly. Kruger saying that it's good for Jeff. You know, to, to take a step back and be able to watch these games. And then you've got Skinner being like, no, I don't, I'm not learning anything by watching these games. I want to be on the ice working through my slump. And I agree with Skinner. Who wants to be sitting and thinking that's going to, like, help them learn something? He's played over, what, 700 games? Over 700 games, 11 seasons. 11 seasons in the NHL and a couple of games in the middle of a 56-game season where it's kind of a, a weird thing is gonna that's gonna somehow reinvigorate his game or teach him a whole new thing i just don't get that what is the and what it leaves me to still wonder what the end what's the end game here what are they hoping to achieve out of this because i've seen now a couple times i got into it with somebody on twitter which is never something i would suggest (laughs) and then i saw jeremy talking about from listening to darren dreger TSN on the instigators today, he kind of got vibes that, you know, they're going to do this for Ralph Kruger, meaning they are going to find a way to get Skinner out for Ralph Kruger. They're going to find a way to do that. And you know what? And, and the guy I got into it with was like, well, they're, they're just trying to get that rid of that contract. They don't want to pay it. And in both instances, even that doesn't make sense to me. Because if you did, if Ralph Kruger was dead set on, I don't, this guy can't be on my team. Like, it's just not going to work. Which, by the way, first off, how dumb that we're here a year and a half after he was the head coach of the team when they signed him to that contract. <laughs> he obviously would have been a part of those conversations. They would have asked him, hey, what would you do with Jeff Skinner? Oh, I'd play him with Curtis Lazar. Done. We're going to sign him for a seven-year deal, $9 million per year. Uh, I'm imagining he was in on that idea year and a half later. Maybe now he's not. But if he wanted him out of the organization for any reason, maybe a reason we don't know, 
because I still believe that there's something going on. I'm convinced. I'm with you. I'm convinced. I don't even believe. I can convince there's something that has happened behind the scenes that we don't know about. But if Kruger wanted Jeff Skinner out of the organization because of that contract, the only way you would be able to achieve that goal, even in any in any way, would be to get him scoring goals. Yes. Play, and how do you do that? You play him with Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhart. You inflate his goal total, and you find a way to unload that contract, probably still accepting some of the salary back, onto somebody else or to Seattle. Because guess what? At the end of the season, Seattle's not taking that contract. You can give him a first-round pick all you want. Like the James Neal comparison I'll use a lot for how the Sabres could do this with Oposo. Oposo is $3 million less than Skinner. James Neal was a lot less than Skinner. Like if he's not doing anything and you are creating an environment to where he can't do anything, that all that's going to do is drive his value down and you are working against the goal of getting rid of him if that's what you were set on doing. Right. And you know what else would happen if you inflate Jeff Skinner's goal goal total? You have a better chance of winning hockey games. <laughs> We don't do that. We don't do that here, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's that simple. Like, I feel you could, if you're Kruger, you could have a best of both worlds scenario by simply putting him in the top six. If you want to get him out of this organization, like you said, I think you put it perfectly. If you want to get him out of the organization, the best way to do that is to trade him when his value is at the highest it possibly can be now what is what is a team going to give up for this guy well they're not going to give you're going to give up something for exactly sure to get rid of him and at so, this point that might not even be an option from for one of the best of the past decade one of the best even strength goal scorers in the league to put him on the fourth line and now scratch him for several games you are decreasing his trade value or his value period and you are decreasing your chance to put the puck in the net and that is why it's so like no angle of this makes any sense right and that's why it's so also intriguing is that there's no no logic anywhere for any of this if i'm kruger he has to know he has to know that if he gets into a power struggle with Jeff Skinner, he's just not going to win. The guy's not going anywhere. There's one of those two individuals that's expendable. It's not Skinner. It's the head coach. Because you can want to get rid of Skinner all you want, but you've got to find someone to take that contract. But is he winning? Is he winning the power struggle? I don't see how he can win the power is struggle when Skinner is immovable. Is he currently winning it now? Is this the, at this is very this, moment? Yeah, is this the grand plan? You know what? We just we we just won't play him. I mean, I guess he's winning it for right now, but it's inevitable that he'll lose it. It's inevitable. I can't see a way that this ends well for Ralph Kruger. I don't see how that happens. One of two. He's either going to continue to keep him out of the lineup, and he'll continue to get heat for it, and they still won't score goals. <laughs> And they'll still have this sinkhole of a contract on their cap-friendly page. Or 
he'll put him back in the lineup on a third or fourth line, and he still won't score. I think no matter what, we're going to arrive at a new head coach putting Skinner somewhere in the top six. And I, I am not at all convinced. I do not think there is nearly enough evidence to suggest that Skinner is shot. Because I would not bet on close. I would bet on a new head coach coming in here at some point and getting ten times more out of Skinner than Ralph Kruger has. To me, the worst case scenario listen, here's the thing. I do think if Skinner plays the duration of his contract in Buffalo, that contract is going to be a real nuisance. It it really already is. Right now but, it is, yeah. But what's the worst that happens by putting him on a line with Jack Eichel? If Assuming they're both healthy over an 82-game season, obviously this season's weird, so starting next year, the worst thing that happens with your $9 million Jeff Skinner is what? He scores 20 goals? Mm-hmm. That's the worst thing that happens? That's that. Those are his down seasons, by the way. That's like, what I'm saying. Yeah. Like that. That's like... Mm. It's, it's it's so frustrating because also, so like Ralph Kruger today talking a lot about his core principles and like you need to be able to meet those requirements and Kruger we know from his coaching style and the way the Sabres play hockey, it is low event hockey. He is very focused on playing a well-constructed defensive zone game and not taking too many chances. Every time Rasmus Dahlin hits the red line, the puck is off his stick. I don't know if anybody else has noticed that, but it seems to me that Dahlin is, it could be his own choosing. Maybe he's just that much of a pass-first guy. But he looks like a player on the ice that has been told, don't carry the puck in yourself. It's that kind of conservative nature in Ralph Kruger's system that Jeff Skinner just does not fit. But, He's here, and you've, if you are then trying to find a way to see, okay, well, how, how can I best put him in a position to succeed Bingo. in this type of team? Because if I'm going to focus a lot about my defensive game, well, I know what Jeff Skinner is. I've got a decade of tape to tell me what Jeff Skinner is as a player. He is a finishing goal scorer that requires help to create offense for him. And he's not a guy that you can rely on in his own end. Even going back to Phil Housley. Remember when fans were frustrated Phil Housley would never put Jeff Skinner on -on three-on-three overtime? You remember why that was? It was because Skinner was completely unreliable in his own end. But we've known that. Everybody's always known that. And if you're Ralph Kruger or any head coach that's trying to get the most out of him in a system like this, what do you do? You put him on the line where he's not going to be in the defensive zone the least amount of time. That's what you do. You don't stick him with Curtis Lazar and Riley Sheehan, two players that get hemmed in their own end for their entire careers, because that is a system and a situation that will set Jeff Skinner up to fail. If you're trying to maximize your player's skill sets, putting Jeff Skinner with Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhart makes the most sense, almost not even entirely because he's going to score goals, but because you are limiting the amount of time he's going to be in his own end. And you're try- if you're trying to prevent that as Ralph Kruger because you care so much about it, what- why can't you go to it for that reason? It just makes no sense at all on any level. And that is why I'm convinced something has happened that we don't know about. Because I'll go round and round and round trying to find some argument 
on the coach's behalf for why this has happened. And I can I just I can't get to it. I can't get to it on any level to where it makes logical sense. The fit doesn't make sense. The production is actually there. If you look, you don't even have to look at, you know, these advanced analytics with algorithms. You don't have to even look at like expected goals. Simply divide Jeff Skinner's goals last season by his ice time. Is that considered analytics, by the way? If I divide goals by ice time, am I doing analytics? Because that's not really that advanced of a stat. But if you do that with Skinner last year, you'll be like, oh, okay, he actually wasn't that bad. I the see 14 uh, goal number, goals per 60 is that's often the, used. Yeah. That, that's the one. All you're doing is dividing goals by ice time with goals per 60 minutes. And like last year, it's like, oh, he was actually pretty good. 14 goals, eh, maybe it was because he didn't play that much. You know, and it's becoming a national embarrassment. I mean, I... I in, in prep for the show today, I logged into NHL.com. What's the first story on NHL.com? It's about Jeff Skinner. Is it Skinner, really? In the Buffalo Sabres. It's the first, It's <laughs> the homepage of NHL.com. Skinner wants to say, stay with Sabres after scratches. That's the headline. The first story on NHL.com. <laughs> By the way, there's that part of it, too. Skinner, every time he's asked, he loves Buffalo. He wants yes. to be here. If Kruger wants him out, it's not entirely up to him, even if they found, if they somehow found a trade partner that would take that contract. They'd still need Skinner to sign off on it because he has a full no-movement clause. Could you imagine, by the way, if they did find a team that would take his contract and Skinner's like, guys, I love it here. I'm not leaving. That That's why you've got to find a way to make it work. I love this uh, headline from John Vogel, at least uh, part of a tweet. He said... With And he said this uh, yesterday, uh, yesterday afternoon. He said, with Jeff Skinner scratched again, the 27th place Sabres apparently have too many talented players for their own good. And I thought that was incredibly biting and very much embodies how I feel about the entire situation. You are not in a position as an organization for the last decade and this year to be sitting guys who have the ability to put up goals in bunches. That's where I'm at, and that's where I'll be. If like To me, not liking someone or not liking the style of play is not a good enough reason to me to sit a guy that makes $9 million a year, a guy that just two seasons ago scored 40 goals in Buffalo, and then, even though he was an unrestricted free agent, re-signed with the team. It's, not, it's just not good enough for me. Kruger, by the way, the other thing, and I didn't think of it this way until Mike Shope said it this way. When he, I'll, I'll maybe I'll even play the clip here. When Kruger was asked about the fact that Jeff Skinner's agent, Bob Meehan, I think is the name of his agent, called Kevin Adams. A day after, by the way, Kruger on this station said he is in constant communication with Kevin Adams and his staff. Today, t- more like 24 hours after we found out that Skinner's agent called Kevin Adams, this is what Kruger said. My answer to you is I didn't even know that happened, the complaint, until you just told me. But what I do understand is the complexity of, of this situation for the reasons that you mentioned. I have just had nothing but support on the obsession I have in driving in a culture here in Buffalo that gives us a chance, not only short, but long Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, sorry, that goes on longer than I thought. But he says there that 
He didn't even know that conversation happened. So even there, this is why it's so confusing what is going on with Ralph Kruger because he is so articulate and he came in to the job as like, this guy is a communicator. Like, he and a is, genius. Right. World Economic Forum. I will always remember that. What is going on with the information wars between the Sabres and Ralph Kruger and everybody else? Why is everything treated as though it's a nuclear code? Because right, what can then happen if you do that is a situation like right there. We all know Jeff Skinner's agent called Kevin Adams. And Kruger, with that answer, does one or two things. He either yesterday misrepresented how often he does speak to Kevin Adams. And if it's a consistent basis, over the course of 24 hours, you find out. You read the newspaper. You find <laughs> out that Jeff Skinner's agent called Kevin Adams. Or he's just, I, I don't want to say the L word, but he's... He's not. He's not telling the truth there. One of those two. Thi- one of those two <laughs> it things. It took me has a second, but I figured out. Yeah, it uh, has to be true. It has to be true. One of those two things. And here's another thing, Joe. When there is this miscommunication, wh- what do you think? He mentioned the word culture in that answer about yeah. Jeff Skinner and his agent. He mentioned the word culture. What do you think that means? Do you think that means his on ice play, or do you think that means his off ice attitude? That sounds like something to me that means off-ice attitude. Is it possible that when you draw situations out like this, where you could have a miscommunication like that by just saying one word like that? Because we know that the principles are the big thing with Kruger, right? You play by the team's principles, and that's why Skinner's not on the ice. But when you say words like culture and trying to drive the culture in a positive direction while simultaneously scratching a $9 million player. What does that lead you to think now? It leads me to speculation that Kruger doesn't think that he's a good culture fit, a good attitude fit for this roster, this organization. And man, like, come on. And I hate speculation, but come on. But come on. How are you supposed to take, how are you supposed to take a word like that? I I think that's a good way of framing it because I didn't think of it that way, and I think you're right. I think that's what that sounds like to me. And, man, if that's a part of this, like, you got to – you know what? You've got to make an exception. Like, you have to. Like, you don't even have a choice. Like, he's here. There's nothing to do. You can't trade him. It's too hard. And you'd have have to give up an asset that you cannot – you are not the Toronto Maple Leafs who are on the cusp of a Stanley Cup and, you know what, we'll give a first-round pick to get rid of Patrick Marleau's contract. You are not that. By the way, one other thing that we have not mentioned at all because it might sound crazy is buying him out, the idea of buying him out. Now, again, can I – before I go into this – I think this is the worst idea maybe ever. Like, in all things, buying out Jeff Skinner in the history of things, it might be the worst thing. Does it even provide relief? It actually does, except in two years. There's two separate seasons where it's pretty bad. But it's better than I thought. It's more manageable than I thought. It's long, though. If you were to buy out Jeff Skinner after the season, let's say... Let's say they, it's unsalvageable, the relationship. 
and they want to keep going with this head coach. They sit Skinner for the rest of the year. They buy him out after the season. It is $1.4 million of cap next year. That's a, that's a low number, right? That's an alarmingly low number. Right. 2022-23, so this is now not next season but the following year, $8.9 million on the cap. You're basically paying his normal salary mm-hmm. for that one year. Then it's $1.4 million for another two years. And we're, I mean, we are far into the future already. 2025, 26, we're talking about the end of Eichel's deal, uh, if he's even still here. $4.47 million. 2026, 27, $6.4 million. And then for the final, is that six years? For the final six years, because it goes all the way to 2033, it's $2.4 million. That's his buyout, just so you know, because... It's not like it used to be where you just buy them out and it's half the cap hit over double the amount of time. There's more to it than that now. So that's what that is. I wouldn't rule that out if this head coach is still in place after the season, but I still do think the most likely outcome is a new head coach will find a way to make it work with Jeff I don't Skinner. even want to talk about a buyout, man. Like, though, Me that, either. Honestly, I, just, I just felt like know, I needed that didn't, to get, put that out Sure, there. for sure. That didn't actually sound as bad as I thought it was going to, though. No, same. I thought the same thing when I looked at it. Like, next year would but be an anchor. That's that's only the cap ramifications that don't look that bad. You also then need the Pagulas to sign off on right, paying yeah. Jeff Skinner what? Is that 40 It's I think about $40 million to not pay, play hockey for you for 14 years? Like, come on. Right. That's That might be the hardest sell of all. You can't pay a guy $40 million to not play for you. And What's I, the Bobby Bonilla thing? And I think he's thing, good. Even? And I think he's a good player. I agree. I think – isn't everyone in agreement? Not everybody, but what most are we, people. What are we arguing about here? <laughs> we're not. I don't even know if we're arguing. We're just trying to find out what the hell is happening. Uh, That's what makes this story so unique. It's interesting to talk about, and it's a rare story where it's interesting to talk about, and there's not even two sides. <laughs> Yeah. There's one side, but the one side is so confused that we're just going round and round, and it's interesting. And that's the, what's the going on. The only other viewpoint, it seems, is the guy who holds the cards. Exactly. 803 is the phone number. We will open up the phone lines when we come back on Jeff Skinner, and we will get to some football as well because there was news on Deshaun Watson today, and there was news on Russell Wilson yesterday, and we did not have a show because of the Sabres game. So we will get to both Watson and Wilson when we come back as well as your calls on Jeff Skinner and everything that is going on with that. On the Nutcap with Joe DiBiase and Brendan Keeney, this is WGR. That's probably a better question asked to him because he's the one that could answer if, if I'm doing everything to satisfy him because just for obvious reasons, I can't read his mind and, and if he's satisfied, it's the judgment he has to make. All I know is for me, I think I try and help the team win as much as I can. That's my main focus. Obviously, the coach is trying to win games too. I think we can agree on that. For me, that's my number one focus is trying to help the team win. Jeff Skinner on whether he thinks Ralph Kruger believes he's doing everything uh, that he needs to do. He doesn't really know. I'm reading something very interesting, by the way, on Kruger. I, I'm left thinking about his resume 
and his origins. His origin story, really, for uh, for becoming Sabres head coach. As someone that was thinking about him as an idea before anybody else. Back I, when he was with Southampton? I, while he was still employed at Southampton, I wrote about it on our website. They're like, hey, look out for this guy. His contract expires at the end of, it was like the end of May. It's like the Sabres, if they wait a month, they might be able, like, this might be a guy that isn't your prototypical recycled head coach. Like, this could provide something different to you. Someone with a different mindset, a different resume than all of these other coaches that just go round and round and round the, the league. The Peter Laviolettes of the world that just get everywhere. They're, they're everywhere. Where is he now? Nashville? No, Washington. He's in Washington. You yeah. can't keep track of Peter Laviolette. Still want to bash his face in with a shovel, by the way, from two thousand from two thousand six. But wow, oh, I, I even stole that term from Bulldog. You can't pin that on me. <laughs> but anyways, I'm talking to so Tom Gazzola covers the Oilers in Edmonton for TSN. I do a podcast with him on Fridays for Locked On, and I asked him about Kruger. He's like, I in three years, both as head coach and as an assistant coach. Like, I've never, heard, never, ever heard the things that are being said about him in Buffalo right now. Like, he's hiding things, and he's not being truthful, and he's holding a grudge against Skinner. It's like, I'm not saying it's wrong. Maybe he wasn't here long enough to see it, but, like, we never saw that in Edmonton. But then, I'm reading about his time at Southampton, and I find this article uh, from The Telegraph, I believe it is, in, in England, uh, it's hard to judge Kruger's time at Southampton fairly because no one really seems to know what he did. It's also hard to establish what his philosophy was or what his legacy might be because what he said and what the club subsequently did were often different things. Kruger was infamous for his interviews where uh, he would often talk in vague terms about providing accountability, a managerial buzzword that is becoming increasingly prevalent. Like that's kind of, Isn't that kind of what's happening here? Like we're just hearing these buzzwords over and over and over that's only in the interviews there's much more material on what's happening on the ice not even just jeff skinner i again mentioned dalene from earlier i am very worried that this coach has rasmus dalene in a box and that he is not allowing him to use all of his skills that's a wonder it's a wonder right now it's not something i could tangibly tell you is correct you do not take stay at home defensemen with the first pick in the draft no. It's just never. that simple. You never do. <laughs> it's just that simple. I'm kind of against the idea of a stay-at-home defenseman, period, let alone first in the draft. And here's here, and this is an aside, Joe. I'm going to be honest. This is an aside. I am very tired of the overcoached product that we're seeing in the NHL. I think it's boring, and I think it's bad for the product, mm-hmm. and I think that's when you end up with games like the Sabres and the Islanders, and you're just like, oh, my gosh. Someone please score or just please let this game end because it is just tight checking, no space, no creativity, dump and chase hockey, and I am just so over the overcoached defensive style of the NHL. It could be so much better. It could be so much more fun to watch. My my brother is big on this. My brother, my brother repeatedly, Lou DiBiase, uh, at DiBiase LOE on Twitter if you want to follow him, he repeatedly, like for years, I mean, you might we might be able to go back when we were kids, like ten years on this. He has always said if he were in charge of hockey, he would outlaw coaches, just outright, no coaches. <laughs> That's it. So players just got to do it. Players just got to do it. 
the product, the entertainment value would go through the roof. For sure. I mean, the NBA, that's kind of already what's happened in a way. Not entirely, obviously, but more so than hockey for sure. I think you're right as well. It's been overcoached. And, like, just let the leash off a little bit. Let, football, let him go. And football coaching's great this, because football yeah. designs schemes to get open and it's more realistic because you have a lot more control when you're on offense. Yeah. And why do we have to have the same style of play for the whole team? Like, that that's the other thing I don't get. Because yes. they are playing a very low-event style of hockey throughout the lineup. This isn't a new thing to the Sabres, either. Barry Trotz's Islanders do this. It's part of the reason Matthew Barzell's been so frustrated, is that there are restraints on everybody on right. that team and what they can do offensively. But if I've got Jack Eichel and Jeff Skinner and Sam Reinhart and Victor Olofsson and Taylor Hall, like, those guys should not be playing the same style of hockey that Curtis Lazar, Cody Eakin, and Kyle Oposo Right. Are. Those are the guys that you should say, hey, no, no. You don't cross the face-off circle, Kyle Oposo, because guess what? If you mess up, you're not getting back. It's over. It's a three-on-two going back the other way if that happens. Whereas if it's Taylor Hall, it's like, you can take an extra chance because I know you'll be able – your foot speed will allow you to make up for a mistake. Not only that, but, like, I mean, come on. The, the point of the game is to score goals. Right. Bruce Boudreaux. That's his style. I'm just saying. He likes offense. He had like the highest, I think that Capitals team ended up a couple years ago being one of the highest scoring teams ever. When do you or think, maybe that was like era adjusted I was reading. When does Sean McVay's contract run out? You think he'd take Sean a run McVay? at hockey? <laughs> I'm, I would want to take him on if he if he did. He Doesn't he sound like a million year contract? Why am I looking this up? I'm looking, <laughs> what am I doing? Um, we're going to transition to football here. It's a good segue actually. Sean McVay to the NFL. Okay, so quickly on both of these guys. We're going to hear from Jeff Skinner after the break, by the way, in case you missed his uh, interview from earlier. I'll bring that to everybody next. We've got a report yesterday on Russell Wilson. Let's start there before we get to Deshaun Watson. We had in the morning a different list of teams than we had in the afternoon. Mm. For just the sake of pedigree, I think I'm going to side with Adam Schefter's list. Also, it's more recent than the athletics list which involved the Jets and the Dolphins. I also don't want the Jets and the Dolphins involved. So I like Schefter's list better (laughs) with New Orleans and Chicago and Las Vegas, which was the only common team between both reports. And who am I missing here? I'm missing somebody. For Wilson? Chicago, Chicago, New Orleans. Yep. I don't remember. Oh, Dallas. Dallas. Right. Yeah. What do we think of the idea of him on the Cowboys? And a Prescott for Wilson swap. I'm, I think it kind of makes sense. Wilson gets a much improved offensive line. They're not quite the group they were a couple years right, ago, but yeah. they are still a very strong unit. And they've got weapons. Like he, it's not like he's he's losing DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, but he's getting Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and CD Lamb with Ezekiel Elliott coming out of the backfield too. Good offensive line. Defense kind of stinks, but. He's getting he's he's getting a good landing spot and he's obviously okay with it. And if I'm They're really da- very similar teams. Yeah. And if I'm Prescott, now what you would need in this equation is Seattle being willing to give Prescott the contract he wants, a right. two or three year deal. But if I'm Seattle and Russell Wilson wants out, I'm like, yeah, I'll give Dak Prescott a three year contract because I'm not doing better than Dak Prescott if I'm trading Russell Wilson. And I could still try to win right now if he's my quarterback. I think that swap makes sense for almost all parties as long as Seattle 
would like the idea of a short-term contract for Dak. What does uh, dead cap look like for Wilson if he gets traded? Thirty-nine million dollars. So that's that's tough, especially that's a- if you're if you're a team that wants to compete right now. It is. Um, I'll bring up the cap page again because I think Seattle had a decent amount of cap space, but I got to double check on that. Uh, while I'm doing that, then today Deshaun Watson. One report certainly from the team, and one report certainly from the player. Rappaport says that the Texans don't feel any urgency. They don't see the start of free agency or the draft as a deadline, essentially meaning they are fine taking this into the season. Because, especially by the draft, if you were going to trade Deshaun Watson, if you knew you were going to do it, you would get that done before the draft in order to get one of those top picks, likely or ideally from the Miami Dolphins at three. Whereas if you go past the draft, like, all right, I'm signing up for picks next year, but I don't know where they are. And then we find out from Jeremy Fowler of ESPN that Watson is go- is completely okay taking this into the regular season and that he does not care about the potential for three-plus million dollars in fines on top of him not getting his money in the first place. He doesn't care. The situation is too far gone is how Fowler said it. So, something could change. The only thing that could change is Houston starts taking calls, I guess. But I, I, I truly believe that he'll be on the roster at the start of the season and he will not be playing. Isn't that the best-case scenario if you are a fan of a contender in the NFL? Oh, yeah. Best-case scenario is that oh, Deshaun yeah. Watson is a Texan and they're still at a stalemate. I think that's 100% the best. Because option. you know what's going to happen. The, the Jets are going to have to get their guy which means they would no longer be in the running for any sort of crazy quarterback trade. The Dolphins will have made a decision on quarterback, and at this point, to me, it's either Watson or Tua in Miami. I don't think another avenue makes any sense. It's either you trade for Watson and you say to yourselves, all right, well, you know, Tua, we can't, can't do it. We're presented with a great opportunity. we got to go with the guy who's proven, and you most certainly are not. Or it's Tua. Like, no other option makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, by the way, real quick on that Wilson thing, uh, or for Seattle, Seattle has $12 million of cap space. So they'd have to do some things, no doubt. Also, Wilson's dead cap number, it's $39 million if they trade him. But if they made it a post-June 1st trade, it would only be $13 million. Wow. And then it would be 26 though, next year. But see, they would have see, a lot of cap the, space here's next Here's the year. thing with that. June 1st is after the draft. So yeah. what do you do? Have a handshake deal with someone in place? You could do that. For that to even happen? You could do that. And that's a major risk because no one recognizes a handshake deal. Maybe here they would. That happened a couple years ago. It's got to be. It's got to. That's, that's that, tough, though. That's a tough it, it's situation a because you're telling yeah. a team to forego, like say the say the Jets. I know they're not on the or the uh, revised version of the list that Schefter posted out. Yeah. But say the Jets, there was mutual interest between Wilson and Watson. What do the Jets do? What do they do it to? That's a good question. I don't know if I have an answer. <laughs> do, like, as part of this handshake deal, do does Seattle say this is who we want you to take it to? I guess. 
I guess that yeah, they would do that. The yeah, only yeah, the only that. path forward in a in a Wilson trade to me, especially if you are the Seahawks and you still want to contend this year, is that it is a post June first deal. Yeah, that's right. All right, well, a little bit on both quarterbacks there. When we come back, we'll get back to the Sabres. We'll hear from Jeff Skinner. If you missed his meeting with the media, stay tuned. That's right after this on the Nightcap with Joe DiBiase and Brendan Keeney. This is WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.